afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the fourth installment of Painting the Corners with Anton Schindler, brought to you by 90.5 KCSU. Now, if you haven't been around for the first few episodes, this podcast is all about breaking down and discussing the weird and crazy baseball stories, stats, plays, and players that we've seen since the start of the MLB over 100 years ago. So I just want to start off by saying, holy cow, what a wild card series. I genuinely think that this wild card series is some of the most exciting baseball that I've seen in a long time. I know in the last episode, I was kind of skeptical about how this wild card series was going to go, seeing how instead of playing one game, you have to play three games. And I'll kind of cover that a little bit more. But anyway, if you missed any of that action, I'll do a quick recap of everything that went on leading up to the American League and National League Division Series starting this week. For the National League wildcard series, the Dodgers crushed the Brewers without too much trouble, with Clayton Kershaw finally showing up and throwing 8 shutout innings and 13 strikeouts in his appearance. The Brewers only scored 2 runs in those 2 games coming off of a uh, two-run shot by Orlando Arcia in Game 1. The Reds and Braves had an incredibly impressive series that was pretty much all thanks to outstanding pitching from both sides. The Braves finally scored the first run of the game in the 13th inning and eventually took Game 2 as the Reds were held scoreless throughout the series. The Marlins shocked the Cubs when Corey Dickerson and Jesus Aguilar both hit home runs, which would lead to a 5-1 victory in Game 1, and would later clinch with a shutout in Game 2 thanks to the impressive outing by none other than Sixto Sanchez. This series would continue the Marlins' stretch of never losing a playoff series in the history of their franchise. That alone is pretty crazy, especially for a team like the Miami Marlins. And finally, the Cardinals and the Padres, who had the only series that had to be decided in three games in the National League. The Cardinals jumped on the Padres in Game 1, scoring 6 runs in 3 innings for a 7-4 win. But the Padres would come back and take a 6-2 deficit into the 6th inning in Game 2 and turn it around into an 11-9 victory. Game 3 saw some records being broken as well when the Padres used 9 pitchers to throw a 9-inning shutout in a game that they won 4-0. It's safe to say that the National League Series was pretty wild, what about the American League series? Well, in the American League wildcard series, you could say that the matchups weren't quite as perfect as some of the National League ones. The Tampa Bay Rays took the Blue Jays to the cleaners in two games, thanks to incredible outings by both Blake Snell and Tyler Glasnow, along with an amazing grand slam off the bat of Hunter Renfro to really just put the icing on the cake. The White Sox and the Athletics series seemed extremely one-sided at the start, with the White Sox ace Lucas Giolotto throwing out the first 18 athletic hitters to start the game. After the White Sox 4-1 win in Game 1, Chris Bassett decided to make a similar run with the Athletics, throwing a one-hitter through seven innings of fantastic work. Game 3 came around with a flurry of runs. The White Sox started off hot, leading 3-0 going into the fourth inning. However, the Athletics made a push, scoring four runs in the fourth, and another two in the fifth to make it a 6-4 ball game that would eventually propel the Athletics into the division series. 
Unfortunately for Twins fans, they could only cover their eyes in Game 1 when the Twins and Astros took a tied game into the ninth inning. Sergio Romo came into pitch with the bases loaded. After giving up a walk to walk in a run, and a Jorge Polanco throw that went wild, three unearned runs crossed the plate, giving the Astros Game 1. Much of the same kind of thing came in Game 2, when the Twins' bullpen fell apart once again, and the Twins were sent home with an 18-game postseason losing streak. Ouch. The funniest thing about that series, too, is that the Houston Astros players seemed to show little to no emotion in both games. Whether it was in the field or up to bat, I mean, they just looked upset. I mean, maybe they feel that they have something to prove, especially after all of the cheating allegations. And finally, the Yankees seemingly swung at everything they saw against the Indians and took it for a ride. Against the probable Cy Young Award winner Shane Bieber, the Yankees slugged seven runs in five innings in Game 1 and scored another ten runs in Game 2, where they took the game and the series from the Indians. The Yankees scored 22 runs in that series, opposed to the Indians' 12, making it the highest scoring series of the wildcard by far. So, the next round of matchups is in. The Tampa Bay Rays will play the New York Yankees for a spot in the ALCS, and the Houston Astros will play against the Oakland Athletics for theirs. On the flip side, the Los Angeles Dodgers will play the San Diego Padres for the NLCS, and the Miami Marlins will play the Braves for the extended playoff stay. This year has been pretty different as far as the playoff format goes, however. Usually teams are really tested in the division series to see if they really have what it takes to be an incredibly competitive team. Sometimes, at least back before this new playoff format, teams may get lucky by winning and advancing in their wildcard game, just before getting knocked straight back down to earth by the time the division series is over. However, teams this year have really had to work for it. I think it's reasonable to say that the teams this year are much better prepared for the playoffs than they have been in previous years. What I mean is, by having to win at least two of their three games, you couldn't just get lucky. You had to beat a team fair and square twice. That means that weaker teams were quickly dealt with and didn't become an easy target for whatever team that they were set to face in the division series each of these teams have really earned their spots. But have there been any teams historically that may have gotten lucky, but then just continued to be lucky? I mean, were there any teams that got hot at the right time and carried it all the way through the playoffs? Well, one such team that comes to my mind, at least, is the 2011 St. Louis Cardinals. This team really got hot when they needed to. The Cardinals ended their season that year in second place, going 90-72 and just behind the division champion Brewers. The crazy thing is, is that in mid-September, the Cardinals only had 16 games left and a 7.7% chance of making the playoffs. And that's it. But as September went on, the chances increased from 7.7% to 17.7% and eventually 24.4% as they really battled the Atlanta Braves until literally the last day of the season where the Braves were eliminated. The Cardinals went 23-9 over their final 32 games to eliminate 
that 10 and a half game deficit that they had behind the Braves in the first place. Long story short, the Cardinals would go to beat the heavily favored Phillies in game five of the NLDS after a very long and hard fought series, and they go on to defeat the Brewers in six games in the NLCS. Finally, they would eventually beat the Texas Rangers in seven games thanks to a few heroics by Alan Craig, Albert Pujols, Chris Carpenter, and of course, David Freeze. This was a team that got hot at the right time, and it's possible, you know, that they did get lucky, especially at the end of the season, seeing how the Braves' record in September compared to the Cardinals' record was basically a complete opposite. When the Cardinals went 23-9, and the Braves seemed to go 9-23. and So what's another example? I mean, another one that I'm thinking of is the hometown heroes. I mean, just a few years before the Cardinals made this incredible September run, the Colorado Rockies did something very similar. Known as one of the greatest ever runs by a Major League Baseball team, the Colorado Rockies were met staring at their 76-72 record halfway through September. By the end of the regular season, however, they managed to win 14 of their final 15 regular season games. The streak boosted the Rockies from that 76-72 and record to 90-73, earning them second place in the division and a National League wildcard spot. The Rockies only got second place in the division by half a game behind the Arizona Diamondbacks and only took second from the Padres by a single game. Looking at the standings, four out of the five teams in the NL West had records above 500 that year. And if you've been around the NL West for a while, you'll understand that that's not that rare. That kind of happens a lot in that division. But anyway, the Rockies had to play a tiebreaker game against the Padres, since both teams played 162 games, going 89-73. and 73. After winning that game 9-8 in the 13th inning, a, a game that, by the way, could definitely have made last week's episode as well, many analysts speculated if the Rockies still had the fire in them, and honestly the luck, to continue deep into the playoffs, especially because they had entered September just three games above 500. And as it turned out, they did. The Rockies ended up sweeping the Philadelphia Phillies in three games in the division series, and then swept the Diamondbacks in four games in the championship series. I mean, seriously, the Rockies looked unstoppable, winning 21 of their last 22 games as they packed up to face the Boston Red Sox in the World Series. The Rockies became the first team to win their first seven playoff games in 31 years. Not only that, but they also became the first team to do that since the MLB even added the division series to the playoffs. Unfortunately, the Rockies had to endure eight off days to allow the Red Sox to finish their series because the Rockies swept the NLDS and the NLCS so quickly. This eight-day break still holds the record for the longest layoff in MLB postseason history and honestly may have contributed greatly to the Red Sox who were hot off the ALCS being able to sweep the Rockies in four games. The division series and championship series may be some of the most exciting baseball that we get to see every year. By the time a team gets to that point, 
they know it's really serious. I mean, nerves start to fly even more than they have before, and players start to really make a name for themselves, regardless of their regular season performance. This year has been really special too, because we've seen how good teams can be, and you know how teams know how to go on a streak. I mean, look at the Dodgers and the Rays. Both won 40 out of their 60 games, going 21 and 9 at home and 22 and 8 on the road, at least for the Dodgers, and 20 and 9 at home and 20 and 11 away for the Rays. I mean, not to mention the fact that all except for two teams went above 500 this year. And those two teams, the Astros and the Brewers, who, like the two teams above, got hot just at the right time to clinch that 15th and 16th seed. Got hot just at the right time to clinch that 15th and 16th spot in the playoffs. So I think it's easier to understand that teams this year didn't just get lucky. I mean, they really earned it. The kind of beauty of this shortened season really meant that teams really had to work for it. And teams had to be more than just get lucky. It takes a lot in the MLB to have a streak, to continue on that streak, and not get discouraged by a single loss. And that's something that pretty much every single one of the teams that are in the playoffs this year really showcase. They didn't get discouraged if they lost one or two games, and they just played their hearts out the entire season through. It'll be interesting to see how that kind of changes based on this season compared to next season if there is another 162-game season. So, like always, I will be watching the American and National League Division Series, and really Championship Series for that matter, as closely as I can with as much love for the sport as the playoff diehards have. I mean, it's time to see some fireworks. So next week's episode, we'll be talking about four Hall of Famers that unfortunately just passed away, and talking about their incredible and illustrious careers. We'll be talking about the hard-throwing Tom Seaver, the two-time World Series MVP Bob Gibson, lightning-fast Lou Brock, and Mr. Tiger himself, Alkaline. Thank you for listening.